Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local secure offsite backup storage solution. Visit MidwestDataDepot.com. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10, what a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith, touchdown. 5-5 rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Well, hungry, enjoy award-winning jumbo wings, awesome appetizers, delicious burgers, and a great selection of ice-cold beer at Wings Etc. Grill and Pub with a location near you. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. He is Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated. His work available at blueandgold.com. Tyler, good to talk to you. How are you today? I'm good. Um, less than 24 hours removed from a huge Dallas Stars playoff victory, so that <laughs> train is still rolling. I'm just uh, I'm a little sad for your Boston Bruins that they're not still playing hockey as well, but I'm sure you've already touched on that this week. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how that happened, but, you know, playoffs are playoffs. You just never know. And the, you know what the sad thing is for the Bucks and the NBA as well? It just feels like we put so much into the regular season, and it's really just all about getting in and playing your best at playoff time. Yeah, and I kind of like that. I think it was mentioned on the blueandgold.com message board today or yesterday, just the unpredictability of the playoffs on both sides, really. I mean – You'll watch the Warriors and Lakers tonight, and it feels like either of those teams could reach the finals and maybe even win the NBA championship. So I kind of like that we're in an era where Mm -hmm. it's not Golden State's going to win the NBA championship and Tampa Bay or Colorado's going to win the Stanley Cup. So it's been pretty fun to watch. College football fans across the country would like to have this problem. Yeah, exactly. You know? that, that is a whole other conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's get into a little Notre Dame football conversation with Tyler. Let me go back to Logan Diggs entering the transfer portal. Has not picked a new home as of yet. He's been checking out a lot of schools in the South, it seems like. But from the Notre Dame running back room perspective, how big of a loss do you think it is for the Irish to see Logan Diggs walk out the door? That's a pretty big one, and I feel like I'm going to circle back to this same point a couple times in this conversation today. It's just all about the health of Audric Estime now. He's given us no reason to, to think that at some point he's going to sustain a major injury and he's going to miss an entire season. Or Heck, this could even be his last season at Notre Dame, whether he gets injured or not, the way things are trending and pe- people at the next level are probably looking at him, but it really does come down to him staying healthy because if he doesn't, you've got a Notre Dame running back room without digs that uh, spread across Jabron Payne and Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love, the freshman coming in this summer. Those guys have two carries for five yards combined to their names across all three of them. And Jabron Payne has both of those numbers under his belt. So 
you've got a really inexperienced group, and that was the best thing about Audric Estime and Logan Diggs. It was that you had two guys last year who gained so much experience as sophomores. Logan Diggs really gained a lot as a true freshman, and here we are talking about him being the one that's leaving. When Chris Tyree got turf toe in 2021 and Kyron Williams needed just a breather here and there, it was Logan Diggs who came in and was that guy. And then last year, I mean, I think Audrey Estime and Logan Diggs were 1A, 1B, and you really couldn't, outside of Audrey Estime kind of carrying the load and, and touchdown scoring, I mean, he scored 11 times on the ground, I think it was. Outside of that, you, you really didn't know who was the better back because it really felt like they both could do it all. I mean, the receiving statistics were almost identical. Like I said, outside of the 11 touchdowns, the rushing statistics were almost identical. I think the one saving grace for Notre Dame is that that is the case. And if you maybe funnel a little bit more to Audric Estime, he could be a true lead back and do it all. Pass blocking, catching the ball out of the backfield, obviously running between the tackles and maybe even off tackle a little bit. He could do all of those things if you give him 200 carries and a, and a few more snaps per game. So if he stays healthy, it's not it's not a huge loss. It's not an end of the world loss, but you are losing that you know one A one B type situation that they had. We watched Chris Tyree play wide receiver this spring after being a three-year running back at Notre Dame. Is it going to take more than Diggs leaving the program for him to go back to running back? Yeah, it really felt that way. And obviously the Diggs thing happened after the blue-gold game, so you never really had the cloud hanging over your head during spring practice of, oh, we don't have Logan Diggs anymore, so maybe we seriously have to think about moving Chris Tyree back. But just based on what I saw, and and here here's maybe a little bit of a situational similarity that we can we can use as a you know a relevant data point was that Logan Diggs was nursing a lower body injury for most of the spring. We didn't see him in the spring game, and yet Chris Tyree was only playing wide receiver in the spring game. It was Audrey Estime and Deron Payne, and even some walk-ons playing running back. So I think. At this point, it's safe to say, you know, they've moved Chris Tyree around a little bit already, and the narrative about him has been so exhausting. I mean, it, it feels like we've been on the phone every week, Darren, for for two years straight, yeah. saying, what about Chris Tyree? Do we move him here? What, what is his role on this team? So I think they're going all in, all of the chips on the table for Chris Tyree to be a wide receiver. And I've said on your program a few times that, I think he can be a pretty good one. I think he gets open, and that's something that Notre Dame wide receivers have not done a whole lot of recently. So I think at, even with Diggs leaving, you leave Chris Tyree at wide receiver and kind of see that experiment. Not even an experiment at this point. You see that uh, whatever you want to call it, they're, they're all in on trying to make him a wide receiver. He is Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Joining me here on WSBT Radio, bigger loss for the Notre Dame offense. I'm tweaking a question that you actually answered on your site, and I'm adding an extra player. Bigger loss to the Notre Dame offense. Offensive coordinator Tommy Reese leaving for Alabama. Quarterback Tyler Buckner or running back Logan Diggs? Yeah, at the time it was just Reese and Buckner when we posted this at blueandgold.com. And I said Tyler Buckner. And now I will say Logan Diggs because I always think it's the players who actually kind of make this thing 
happen on the field and you need supreme talent. And I'm not saying Tyler Buckner and Logan Diggs are some of the best in the country at their respective positions, but they're pretty good. And I would have liked to see Tyler Buckner's full potential maximized at Notre Dame, because look, this is really going to sting if he goes down to Alabama and all of a sudden he's a 30 touchdown, five interception, can't do no wrong, can't do any wrong type of guy. I mean, that's going to sting Notre Dame fans, but I think it's also going to sting Notre Dame fans if they see Logan Diggs run 200, 250 times for 1,200 to 1,500 yards and, and score a lot of touchdowns as well. Now, you take that lens out of it type of thing. I just think from what the players have done production-wise to this point in their career, Logan Diggs was a proven commodity. And I think losing him as the 1B to Audrick Estime's 1A is a big deal. I think Notre Dame has – some other guys that can make up for it, but we just haven't seen that yet. So as we're sitting here in May talking about losing a guy who can go out and get you a thousand yards as a split carry guy, I mean, a 50, 50 type situation, it wasn't even 50, 50 because you have to factor in Chris Tyree's 100 rushes as well. So as a guy that's only getting 30 to 40% of the rushing share, he can go out and get you almost 900 yards or around 900 yards. Like he did last year, uh, that's a big deal. And, I mean, he had some big, long touchdown catches, too. Uh, the stuff that he did in that bowl game against South Carolina, what he did against North Carolina, um, really good stuff from Logan Diggs. And just to kind of factor Tommy Reese into this equation, I'm still not the highest on Jared Parker. I think there's going to be his own learning curve and some of these growing pains that we see with the Notre Dame offense in 2023 is going to be – because this guy is calling plays for the first time in a while. And, you know, Tommy Reese was kind of entrenched in that for a couple of years. But I do think that uh, Marcus Freeman, how, if, if this goes completely awry in 2023 and Jared Parker maybe is no longer the offensive coordinator, I do think even though this thing got a little flummoxed uh, this year, I, I think the timing was weird because Reese left a little later. I think Notre Dame can end up with an awesome offensive coordinator at some point, even if things go wrong this year. So I don't think that is a major loss, and, and everyone had their opinions and feelings about Tommy Reese anyway. So I mm -hmm. always circle back to the players, and I think having a guy that was, was pure running back number one uh, talent-wise, I mean, he's going to go somewhere and probably be an RB1. You lose a guy like that, uh, it stings a little bit. You know, Tyler, it's interesting to think about – the spirit of the transfer portal rule, it should be for guys that maybe have a family emergency, a chance to play closer to home, maybe a backup player that feels like he should start, like a Prince Collie. They go to the portal, they find a new home, and hopefully that leads to bigger and better things. That's what I thought of when the transfer portal came about. Now, as we have seen, as this thing has grown and grown and NILs have become reality, what stings for me is, not the fact that the Irish lost a player in Logan Diggs. They lost a starter. This wasn't a backup or a third-string player or someone that had a family emergency. You lose a starter, and it just feels like maybe it's for NIL money. I don't know what it is because he hasn't gone to LSU. He hasn't gone back home. So that's why, to me, this stings a little bit more than maybe a Prince Collie or even a Tyler Buckner moving on to somewhere else. Yeah, if he doesn't end up at LSU, then you have to start thinking about all those other things. Because even in the two years that he was here, there were always those rumblings 
oh, he misses home. He wants to go back down south. But if he comes to South Carolina, I mean, I used to live in the deep south. Louisiana to, to Columbia, South Carolina, that's <laughs> quite a freaking haul, man. That's, I mean, we're, we're probably talking, I don't know, eight to ten hours on the road. I, I lived in Mississippi on the far east side of Mississippi, and it was still a good, I want to say, six to seven hours wow. to Columbia, South Carolina. So that's not very close to home. That, that is a flight away from home, and he's a, he's a flight away from home in South Bend. So, yeah, th- this transfer portal thing is – has gone much more beyond the, the dire need or the, uh, the convenience factor, m- making a college kid's life better uh, for good reasons, like you were mentioning. It has become, if there is any little reason or big reason, and when I say big reason, I'm talking dollar signs, if there is any reason whatsoever where a kid thinks, hey, I need to go because of this, it's possible and it's doable and it's even probable at this point. I mean, kids are doing it left and right and you know the the detractors of it are the ones who are saying uh watch this kid's career it's not going to pan out and i think logan diggs is going to pan out anyway but the thing that makes it hurt for notre dame is he probably could have panned out here even in a loaded stacked running back room and, and like i was saying in a previous response he was already doing it i mean he was he was already having a really successful career and if he saw it out maybe two more years at notre dame I think he would have been really revered here, and now it's it's going to happen somewhere else, and that happens all mm. across the country. It's happening somewhere else in so many instances now for all these players. He is blue and gold's Tyler Horka joining me on WSBT Radio. Leaving the spring, who are your favorites to be Notre Dame's starting offensive guards against Navy? Yeah, this is a, a question I get a lot at blueandgold.com, and um, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm wishy-washy on the answers, but I, I would say that I really have no other, um, unless I'm just, you know, pulling something out of my gut and saying this is my gut feeling, I've got no reason to go back on what we saw for an entire month, and that was Billy Shrouth at left guard and Andrew Kristoffic at right guard. And when I say that, people say, oh, Andrew Kristoffic, you know, he's a senior, he has all this experience, and it hasn't happened for him yet. Why can't it be a guy like Rocco Spindler or, you know, anybody else? I mean, people are even asking me already if, if Charles Jasuga should come in here and start. Uh, he's going to be a tackle at some point in his Notre Dame career. I know that for a fact. He's got the build. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Blake Fisher in a way. But people are saying, hey, if he's one of the best five, why don't we put him at guard? So that's just kind of where Notre Dame is at with, with these two positions right now. I mean, Shrouth was a guy that didn't play a single offensive snap last year because he was rehabbing from an injury, and then obviously they didn't need him with two graduates in the picture. And Kristoffic is a guy who's bounced all around the offensive line, and sometimes that works. I mean, that worked for Josh Bug. It even worked for Jarrett Patterson to a degree. But I do think this feels a little different, and as well as Notre Dame has recruited offensive line and some of the production that they've got from these offensive linemen, I think this is a real, kind of a dire situation for for Notre Dame because if you don't get really good guard play at those two positions, um, Sam Hartman is the guy that does not play very well in the face of pressure. So anything that comes through the middle, I mean, stunts, uh, exotic blitzes, or even just you know your standard pressure, if, if the Notre Dame offensive line can't hold up, I don't think Notre Dame's going to get everything it wants out of Sam Hartman. So. Today on May 10th, I would say it's Billy Shrouth and Andrew Kristoffic, and um, I think that's a position where 
they could have used the transfer and somebody who comes in and would have played better than like a Kane Madden from Marshall a couple of years ago because obviously that one didn't pan out all the way. But uh, or they just need even more growth from the two guys that I mentioned over the course of the summer and, and the fall leading up to August 26 because. Like I said, that, that those are two really important positions, and I think that's going to determine a lot for Notre Dame this year. Let me ask you about something that looks like is developing today. I know you have reported, or you guys at Blue and Gold Illustrated have reported today that that Rhode Island safety Antonio Carter is on campus for a visit. He's visited Ole Miss, Wisconsin. It sounds like, Tyler, this is the type of player that could be a high-impact player at a Power 5 conference school. What have you learned about him? Yeah, I think it would be a really good addition. And obviously, for Notre Dame, it's it's more of getting somebody at a position of need, throw them in there. And I think this would be almost a better situation than getting Brandon Joseph from Northwestern because if you go back to last year, the season had just ended and all of this hype about, hey, Notre Dame is getting a former All-American and you know, it was the time of year where everyone was, was talking about Brandon Joseph and what he could be, and we had all year to talk about that. If Notre Dame sneaks up and grabs this guy in May and you only have a couple months in the summer and people aren't comparing him to Kyle Hamilton right off the bat, I think that kind of hindered Brandon Joseph a little bit, and it's probably why we didn't, we felt, you know, we didn't see him get drafted in the NFL, and that was his, his goal all along, and, you know, Two years ago at Northwestern, he, he is an NFL draft pick, so that shows you how it can go. I think this guy's a sneaky good addition because he can come in and, you know, I've written at blueandgold.com a few times that Notre Dame doesn't have that big-time playmaker, headliner, dude that can go after the ball in the secondary outside of Benjamin Morrison. But, you know, there's only so much that Benjamin Morrison can do as a lockdown corner quarterback can choose to not throw his direction and and kind of take him out of the game that way. But if they get a guy like this that comes in at safety, who doesn't have a whole lot of expectations can just be another one of the guys. Cause I think that narrative on Ramon Henderson and Xavier Watts, there's, you know, kind of a buildup on these guys to where they're, I wouldn't say they're not living up to expectations because the expectations haven't been that lofty, but they haven't exceeded them by any means. Mm -hmm. If you throw this guy in there and, and kind of give him the same situation, but a little less pressure even, I think he can shine and be really good and just be one of those revelations where, uh, and just a feel-good story where Notre Dame went out, won a portal battle against, like you said, some some really good Power 5 teams, Ole Miss, Wisconsin. I mean, those are household names. If Notre Dame snags this guy and he plays well, then, I mean, that's huge for for the kid, obviously. And it's huge for Notre Dame just to, to show themselves and everyone else that, hey, we can go get a guy at the 11th hour, bring him in, and he could play really well and help us out, do well for himself and do well for Notre Dame. I think that's kind of the situation that, that Marcus Freeman's probably looking at it with, Chris O'Leary. Everyone that's recruiting him says, okay, we, we need to do this, and, and if it pans out, I mean, this could be a huge explosion for us. Tyler, what's the focus right now and the rest of the month at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com? Yeah, so I'll start plugging our uh, 2023 football preview magazine, which we've kind of just – divvied out all the assignments for. I know what I'll be writing for it. Um, you know, everyone at the blueandgold.com staff knows what they're writing. I mean, this thing is, I don't know how many pages off the top of my head, but it is a nice, just like yearbook style type of magazine. I mean, something that you can keep for years and years and it'll hold up and is in good shape. 
everything that you need to know about the 2023 Notre Dame football season will be in this thing. It's coming out in July. We'll be working on it the next two months. So maybe a little less intensive on the, the website during like a, a summer downtime type of thing. But rest assured, we are working hard on this magazine. And I'll bring more info about it in our coming talks uh, here on the radio. But super excited about it because every single time it comes out in the middle of the summer, it, it is just a must-read type of item if you're a Notre Dame football fan. He is Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Enjoy the visit and your conversation as always. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Darren. You bet. That's Tyler Horka talking Notre Dame football here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Your time is 628. Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local off-site backup storage solution. Contact us today. Call 574-855-8588.